Hey, welcome back to the Big Red Zone. We are very excited for today's show. Remember, new episodes come out every Tuesday or Wednesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the like button on this video as well as other videos. You can also leave us a rating on iTunes, leave us a comment on YouTube, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Red Zone. And of course, tell a friend. This week, we got a lot to unpack. Trader Brad makes his first move as acting president of the Celtics. Uh, big game sevens throughout the NBA playoffs. A lot of coaching opportunities. We're going to go through those. And the Sox are continuing to be hot, and so are the Woo Sox. All that and more on this week's episode of the Big Red Zone. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Big Red Zone. I'm your host, Big Red. As always, I'm joined by Danny Football. What's going on, my man? What's going on? Happy much, fa- uh, belated Father's Day out there to all the dads out there. Uh, Danny Football had a very nice Father's Day with his mom on at uh, one of the. I think it's becoming your favorite ballpark. In America, right I now. I love, I love Polar Park, man. I love Polar Park. Good little Polar outing Park. with, good little outing with the mom. Shout out to all the moms who play both roles. Can't That's right. Can't leave them out. And you guys had a great time. Saw a nice walk off, which we'll get to uh, soon later on in the show. But before we do that, let's jump in to the little Celtics news. We said we were going to put them away for a little bit last week. I think we said we're not going to talk about the Celtics. We're going to leave him out for a few weeks. But what does Brad do? He makes a nice little trade. We wanted it. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. And he makes the move. Brad makes his first trade as a president of the Celtics. He trades Kemba Walker in a first. And I think there was a second in there too. To the OKC Thunder for Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a second round pick. I think it's a conditional pick. Uh, I know I've been very vocal on my reaction to this move. Um, I'm a fan of it. I will say I like it. Uh, but Danny football, I haven't even talked to you about this. What do you think about Brad's first move as acting president? Uh, I like the move. I know last week we talked about kind of hitting the reset button on this team, uh, that it wasn't worth banging your head against the wall every single time, trotting out the same team, expecting different results. So I like the move. Um, clearly, Kemba wasn't working here. Uh, it wasn't so much a personality didn't fit. It wasn't a talent didn't fit. It was, you know, an injury problem. He was just never on the court as much as he should have been. Obviously, he was a lesser player than he was in Charlotte, which is why we brought him here. And, you know, time had just run out, and it was time for a reset. So I like what Brad did. Moses Brown has a higher ceiling than I think people give him credit for Al Horford is a decent vet who knows the system. He's played with Tatum and Brown before. They love him. Um, So you get that back. And you clear up some cap space for next summer. So I like moving Kemba. I like getting a little bit in return. Obviously, you weren't going to get anything huge um, given his contract. But you move some money around. You get two guys back that you can use right now. Reset the debt reset the deck for uh next season and you know see where things go we don't need to turn things around immediately it's with little bits and pieces and this was the first big bit uh i agree uh, with most of what you said um pretty much all of what you said 
I liked it for the same reasons. Look, I, you know, I was optimistic. I was like, I think you can maybe move him in that big trade for the contract thing. But looking at it realistically, Kemba didn't have a great contract uh, for where he is right now. Uh, we had to get rid of him somehow, and this was the way to get rid of him. You got rid of some of that. You got rid of the contract off the books. You don't have to pay for it anymore. You get out of a year, I think a year sooner. Al's is like $20 million less. Mm. And I've been saying we need positive veteran leadership on this team. And Al Horford's already a proven guy that can come in and lead this team. His production wasn't too bad. If you look at his numbers for how much he played, his numbers weren't bad last year. But I don't really put much stock in that. I don't need him to score 30 points and 20 rebounds. You already know that's not what he's going to do. We've already been through this. A lot of people give him the average Al name. He's not going to put up all that. But what he makes up for that is you have a veteran leader on this team that can help keep growing, you know, grooming Brown as a leader and keep grooming Tatum to keep developing. I think that was huge. You didn't need the point guard, scoring point guard anymore that, mm. that Kemba was. You didn't need it. Um, this is going to give more shots to Tatum and Brown. I think the next move he's going to do is bring in a pass first point guard, which is a few names that uh, after I've done, I'll mention that I, I had in mind uh, that are very plausible for this team. Uh, and the big thing, like you said, cap, cap money, salary money gets it off the books for next year where maybe you can go out and sign another big name free agent to get in here. You know, maybe I think Beal is up after next year. So if you don't trade for him, maybe you go sign him. KD can opt out after this year. Maybe you go get KD. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not holding my breath, but I'm saying like you're getting all this cap money space. Now you can have before there was no move. Like we said before, like there's no cap space at all for this off season. Mm. Now you're creating a little room, little bit by little bit. I think the next move is you're going to get $9 million off the books from Tristan Thompson. I think that could be a move that you're going to make soon. Um, but who knows? We'll have to see. And uh, I like the move. The thing that I think stands out to me more is that this proves that Brad is running the show. Because mm-hmm. there's no way Danny Ainge makes that move. No. 100%. It's like we talked about. Danny doesn't make a trade unless he 100% wins it. Right. I wouldn't say this is a 100% win for the Celtics. I don't think so. The, the OKC is getting probably the better player in the deal. Like, if you look at it, I think Kevin Walker is the better player in the deal. And they're getting a, another first-round pick. They're going to be just picking everyone in the NBA draft at this point for the next seven years. Uh, every first round pick. So I'm not necessarily thinking it's like, I don't think they overwhelm one on their side either, but I think it's a very even tie and you could make the argument who wins the trade. Um, but I know for sure Danny wouldn't make that trade for that exact reason. Danny would only makes trades that he wins the trade for. And I think that's a good sign. I don't need, I don't need to necessarily like completely take advantage of someone in a trade going forward with the Celtics. I need them to just start making moves and reshuffling the deck for this team. Right. So, and I was going to say, it's not like OKC completely fleeced us. No. Did they, no, get, no, no. did they get the, maybe the better part of the deal? Probably. But at the same time, if you look at the Celtics side, like I said, Moses Brown has a good ceiling. We move some money. We get Al Horford back. 
we know how he's going to work with these guys. So I'd lean more towards maybe like a 60, 40 split, maybe in OKC's favor. But at the same time, like, like you said, Danny never makes that trade. If it's 60, 40, even if it's 50, 50, he doesn't make he's that not trade. Making the trade. So I like that Brad immediately is going into this thinking, I want to do what's best for the team, whether it's we win this trade or maybe we lose it by a little bit. Um, and like I said, uh, when we talked about Danny stepping down, you know, you see the caller ID that says Danny Ainge, you're picking it up thinking immediately, this, this dude's going to ask for the moon and he's going to give me junk in return. So now it's Brad Stevens making the call. So he calls OKC and they're like, all right, let's see what, where Brad wants to go with this. It's a clean slate. We don't know where he's going to go. And, you know, at the end of the day, maybe they're thinking, all right, well, we're getting a first round pick and Kemba Walker and we're only giving up this much. And a yeah, second round pick. Right. We're going to make that deal every day of the week. So I like that Brad's being um, aggressive, both hitting the reset button, knowing this isn't going to work, getting some stuff moved around, and he's also not afraid to kind of eat a little bit on the trade side, whereas Danny, it was win or go home. Right. And I think, you know, some people will say that that's a negative towards Brad, but in my opinion, it's a positive. We no. saw what happened with I'd rather I'd rather take a million 60-40 trades and really improve this team than make one maybe 70-30 trade and it doesn't do anything for us. Well, look at the last – we lost three big free agents because we wouldn't do that. Mm. I mean, Kyrie Irving, we could have moved in the last year. We thought he was coming back. Give, maybe give a little slack to Danny. But at, at least at the deadline, we thought he was coming back. Um but Gordon Hayward, you had a perfect opportunity to trade him, and Danny would not do it. How would Miles Turner right and uh, Doug McDermott look on this team right now? Pretty good. We'd look, we would be in a way better spot than we are if we just made the move. You ended up getting um, this trade exception that you ended up making work into like a half a year of, Aaron, uh, of Evan Fournier, which we don't even know if we're going to get him back. So – I'd ra- much rather have Miles Turner and Doug McDermott on this team for this year than the trade exception, the great trade exception that we were maybe never going to use that I think it expires in the next month or so. So I like it. I'm a fan of it. I think it's a sign of deals to come. And I think it's going to, in the long run, improve the team. The other thing I will say is I think the one thing I will say about Brad coming from the coaching side, I think he's going to favor guys that he enjoyed coaching. And that may be a good thing. It may be a bad thing. Like Al Horford, he has nothing but good things to say about coaching Al Horford. I think he would have nothing but good things to say about Kemba, but there was a rift between him and Kemba. I think there was. At least with him in the – I think it – I don't know what it was, but I think there was some kind of rift there. And notice he was the first move that – Brad made. Brad didn't wait to sign a head coach. He just went around and said, I'm, I'm going to make this trade with Kemba. So it'll be interesting to see going forward. Like, will he, like, for example, I'm not saying he's going to do this, but will he, for example, pull the trigger on re-signing Isaiah Thomas when we have the bio contracts? You know what I mean? Because he loved having Isaiah Thomas on the team. I wouldn't even mind having IT back. I mean, I I wouldn't either. But it seems I, like IT knows his role right now, and we need bench scoring, and that's what he is. So if Brad wants to shoot for like a 2014 reunion tour, 2018 reunion tour, by all means, let's just run it back. Is he gonna, you know, now there's the other thing because I'm thinking of past first point guards and I'm thinking of guys, veteran leadership. I would like to see a reunion with Rondo. I think he would I make a big that. impact on this I team. That. I think 
that's one of I think that was one of Danny's bigger mistakes was I think he tried to sell high on Rondo and he, I don't think I don't think he realized how much Rondo had left in the tank. I don't think Rondo wanted to be here though. He voiced that he wanted out of town. That was more of a I I think I think you're right in some way, but I think also he didn't want to be here for a rebuild. He wanted to go to a team that he thought he could win on. And at the time that was the Mavericks and they were, they made the playoffs that year. Uh, but I don't think he wanted to stick because no one thought the Boston rebuild like drought of playoff drought was going to last a year. Everyone thought they weren't going to be in the playoffs for the next like five years. You know what I mean? So I think, I don't think Rondo in like same thing with Doc. Like I don't think they wanted to be there for another year of just losing games. So, uh, but I will say, I think him and Brad, I, I don't remember this correctly. Don't quote me on this, but didn't they have a thing where like there was some rift between him and Brad when they first got there? Like he would just call the plays when he was there. He wouldn't listen to Brad and stuff like that. I wouldn't know, unfortunately. I think there was a rift when he was finally traded between him and Brad. So that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think Brad says, I don't want that on this team? And he looks the other way from him. I don't know. I hope I think you're right. I think he's so far judging by the first move he's made. He's doing what he thinks is best for the team. But I, that's where I get a little nervous. Like, is he going to be more like inclined to hold on to like Grant Williams and uh, semi like because those guys got to go like there's no there's no way fans are butts. Those guys he's got to kind of like let go of that and make some moves based on even though he may not like the guy when he coached him, he's got to realize that he may help with a different coach in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll be remain to be seen. I know Danny was a big uh, loyal guy who didn't want to really move his guys. So it'll be same thing. Yeah. That was it'll be interesting to see if um, Brad takes the same route where he kind of hangs on to his guys or if he just goes complete cutthroat and says, I need to do what's best for the team. And regardless if I like you or not, I got to move you. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is, but we'll have to see. I do like the first movie made though. I do like it. And another name beside Rondo that I think you should keep on your radar is I got Lonzo ball. Some people weren't a fan of that. Andy, uh, fan of uh, friend of the show and recent dad. I might add Andy Terrio. Happy father's day. He had just had twins a cu- like a month ago. Uh, he was not a fan of the Lonzo Ball idea. He said, in fact, that he'd rather have me out there at starting point guard <laughs> than Lonzo Ball, which I appreciate because I take that as he thinks that I am a very talented basketball player. Um, but uh, the other guy I came up with, and this is just like, like spitballing, is uh, Kyle Lowry and um, Derek Rose. Those are two guys that I came up with. Just veteran guys. Kyle Lowry more for the scoring option, being a third scoring option and being a leader and um, being like a guy that's been in the finals and won a finals. Like that may be help for leadership on the team. Derek Rose for his years of leadership, but he's still got a little bit left in the tank. And Lonzo Ball, I think would be great. I've said it before. He's the same age as Tatum, I think. And I think it would be a great guy to grow with – to grow with Jalen and Jason. What do you think about them starting uh, smart at the point? I want to see smart go back to off the bench, to be honest with you. 
I don't want to see him that much in the starting unit. Uh, and even if like I perfect world, this is what I would say. We get a starting a re- legit starting point guard, move Jalen back to the two, Tatum to the three, you have Al at the four and Rob at the five. That's ideal situation. Then you have Smart, you hopefully re-sign Fournier, you sign up a veteran point guard, and then Moses Brown, and then insert name Tristan Thompson, I guess. I don't know. Insert name here. So that's that or Naismith, get rid of trade um trade Oh, then you got Peyton Pritchard to be a backup point guard that hopefully he gets in a trade, but I don't know. Like that's the perfect world. I want smart at the two. Cause then he's taken too many shots away from Tatum and Brown. Like he forces too many shots. And if he's going to force shots, I'd rather him force them when one or both aren't in the game. You know what I mean? Fair enough. I don't want him taking shots. He's taking shots away. Either that or know his role, and then he, I like him playing. Then he can play the one. But I just don't see him as a starting point guard in the league. I really don't. Fair. I'll tell you. Sorry, go ahead. Go no, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I didn't know. I, I didn't. I didn't know if you had uh, seen that option. I know a lot of people kind of floated it. I know uh, there has been a lot of Rondo fan- fanfare, and then some counterpoints where, what if they just move Smart to the one? I don't mind it. Like, it's not like it's the worst case scenario, but I'd rather bring in a guy that has done it, is known to do it, and looks that all he wants to do is get 20 assists a game. And that's Rondo. That's Ball. Hear me out. That's even Ben Simmons. Mm. Hear me out. Like, that's like, to be honest with you, I think Ben Simmons would thrive in Boston. I think it's a better fit for him because he doesn't have to score 20 points a game. If he scored 10 points and got 15 assists a game, would anyone say anything about Ben Simmons in Boston no, as a starting point guard? And he gets like, you know, he averages a couple steals a game. He gets rebounds. You know what I mean? He, he plays the defensive side because apparently he's his greatest defender ever in the league. That's what I've heard. I haven't seen enough film. I haven't seen enough games for them to say that, but if he plays defense, plays lockdown D and gets me 15 assists a game and, you know, puts up 10 points a game, I, like, I'd take him. And his trade value is as low as it's probably going to get, probably, I hope. Yeah. So that's another guy that I said last night. You put uh, Thompson, a pick or a young player, in the trade exception or give him a couple picks in the trade exception. I think there's going to be better offers out there uh, for Ben, but who knows? That's another guy I wouldn't mind in here because right now in Philly, that's his problem. He has to score points in that in that system because he's the se- he's I technically the second best player on the team, right? Right. Would you right. say because Joel is number one, and then you can't even say Tobias Harris is the. T- I mean, I guess right now he's the second best player on the team, but. I would say that Ben Simmons would thrive in a position where he doesn't have to score and all he can has to do is set up opponent, set up his teammates. I think that I think he would do well, but I we need a pass first guy and Marcus Smart. I don't think he's that guy. I no. think he's looking. He looks to his shot too much when he really shouldn't. And I love Marcus Smart, but he's not. I don't think he's the guy for that. No. So, um, do you have any guy in mind that you want to bring in? Beside the guy that we mentioned, I'd I'd like Rondo. Um, 
Lonzo Ball, I'm not too high on Ron, but Rondo, I mean, it's a veteran presence. Derrick Rose is another one. I like. I would like a veteran presence, like a pass first guy knows his role. Um, so I'd go C- with I'd go with Rondo or Rose. I don't know if we can get CP3. I think he's he's opting out. He's opting out. Spencer, Di- uh, what's his what's his name? Di- um, the Nets backup guard, Spencer Didwit. Um, he has a weird name, last name, but he he's opted out of his contract, too. That's a possibility. That'd be a good pickup, steal from the Nets again. Yeah, I don't know. I I we'll have to see. I like the Rondo and Derrick Rose idea mainly because I think you can get them for cheap. And they're veteran guys. I want veteran guys on this team. I think if you add a few veteran guys on this team, we make the Eastern Conference Finals again, and you have a chance to be in the finals. Especially after this year, you've seen it. Like veteran presence, veteran presence mixed with youth talent, which is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You already have that. I think gets you to the finals. I think that will get you the finals. That's what we've been missing the last couple of years, in my I, opinion. I agree. I think if. If this team had uh, Chris Paul, we'd be a, we'd be just as far as the uh, Suns. Would be in the finals. I don't think we'd make the finals. Um, but we'll have to see. Uh, it's definitely – I like where the Celtics are heading. And Brad's also – we also got a couple uh, second interviews with uh, Chauncey and um, – Becky, Becky Hammond got a second one, right? With us? She got one with Portland. She got one with Portland. Uh, that the assistant coach from uh, the 76ers came out of nowhere. I know. Like, I saw I, that. I, I can't pronounce his name, but it, he, out of nowhere, he has a, he just came as like a front runner for the Celtics. So um, we'll have to see. And we'll make our predictions for coaches later on in the show. Uh, but before we get to that, let's move on to a little NBA playoff recap. The, first, we'll start off with the greatest one. This is my favorite one of all the series that have happened this season, um, this week or whatever. The Bucks beat the Nets in seven. How glorious is that, Danny Football, that the Nets are out one round after the Celtics. They didn't make a nice little run. It was almost as great as the second game that we'll talk about. But general reactions to the uh, Bucks beating the Nets in seven. I was a big fan of Kevin Durant's big stupid foot not being able to hit a three, um, <laughs> collapsing down the, the uh, down the stretch, letting a great regular season team like the Bucks knock you out in the second round. Um, Kyrie Irving uh, once again is eliminated by Milwaukee in the second round after a promising regular season. Um, I mean, this bum abs- this bum drives himself out of Boston. To form a super team with Brooklyn. Superstars goes down around him. He has to be the man. And then he gets hurt himself. And his team still can't get past Milwaukee in the second round. So he got what he deserved. Um, Kevin Durant, I mean, they do put on a historic performance. I'm not going to say anything bad about him. And then uh, James Harden, you know, is it disappointing that he got hurt? Yeah. We're the best players on the court. No, but welcome to the NBA playoffs. Everyone's hurt everyone's playing through injuries some people can't some people do the Celtics had issues we didn't have Jalen Brown and Rob Williams we didn't have we didn't have our guys and they danced on our graves when we lost so they lost their guys they lost so I get to dance on your grave so you want to complain about it you can't have it both ways so I'm glad the Nets are done the one thing I will say the only guy I will not talk any crap about is Kevin Durant 
guy, the guy balled in those games. He, he definitely, and you could tell at the end of that game, he just didn't have any more. He carried that team as far as he could carry them. And I know it's crazy to say when they got James Harden and Kyrie Irving on the team, I guess without Kyrie Irving at the end of that game, we have James Harden on that team as well. He carried that team as far as he could. He just didn't have any more gas in the tank. And he looked to James Harden to finish it off. And James Harden looked like a buck in headlights. He couldn't do he couldn't do anything. He couldn't make down that clutch shot, which is typical of James Harden type teams. And I am just thrilled that the Nets are out. Kyrie makes it the same amount that he made with the Celtics, like you said. Now all I can say is how long before the Nets blow it up? Because I you know it's coming. You know they're going to start fighting. You know Kyrie's going to start getting on Kevin Durant's nerves. And the odd man out of those three is Kyrie Irving. I don't think it's James Harden because James and KD get along pretty well. I, from what I've seen, I think Kyrie's the odd man out. And we'll see. He's going he's gonna to be a, you know, a um, question mark for the rest of the NBA because everywhere he goes, the franchise crumbles. Everywhere he goes. Cleveland, after LeBron left, uh, well, Cleveland, he left with LeBron before LeBron. He kind of crumbled that franchise. LeBron kind of helped with that after he left. Um, Celtics, same thing. Nets could be doing the same thing. I don't know. It remains to be seen. They're still in a good spot right now. But I can't wait. And I, it's almost as poetic justice as when uh, Brooke Lopez – uh, gave a nice little um, stomp on the uh, Nets logo. It's almost as good as that. Is this their third season? Is this Kyrie's third season in uh, Brooklyn? Second. Second season. Last year he played with no KD. This year he played with KD. So a first-round exit, he gets swept by Toronto, and now he gets a second-round exit in seven against Milwaukee. So I – I mean, at what point do you start looking around saying we're underperforming? I mean, when this team was constructed, I know KD was out, but the whole plan was this is, this year. To, this is supposed to be this huge super team. And then Durant comes back and he looks normal. And then Kyrie is apparently full, full blast, ready to go. And then they add James Harden. So now it's a three-headed monster. Who's going to beat the Nets? Who's going to beat the Nets? Well, they're out in the second round. They didn't even make the Eastern Conference Finals. So at what point does Kyrie start getting frustrated? At what point does KD say, hey, I just dropped a triple-double in game six trying to save our asses, and you guys weren't helping me? 40 points. He had to put up 40 so, points and lost. And what point does James Harden say, why the hell did you guys recruit me here if we're going to get out, if we're gonna have, go for second-round exits? I could have just stayed in Houston and done that myself. <laughs> so I think it's fair to ask if they're going to keep underperforming like this considering what their ceiling is this isn't going to last forever. Like they're not going to do this for an extended amount of time. Just keep losing and losing and losing and underperforming Kyrie. We've seen Kyrie. What happens when he loses in the playoffs? He quits. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked if Kyrie just has a full blown meltdown after maybe another season or two and they don't win a championship. Cause this dude, as we've seen, he can't lead a team. And when he has superstars around him, he still can't deal with it. The dude played with LeBron James, won a championship and still wanted out the next year. It's insane. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if we see the cracks start to form. The crazy thing about it is Kevin Durant has an opt out 
for this off season. I believe. Cause I think it was a four year contract with an opt out after two. I, I, I don't quote me on that, but I believe that's what it was. So does Kevin Durant say, you know what? I'm done. I see where this is going. I, it was fun playing with you guys. I'm going to go to a team that I can be the man. Because I think he was the man on this team, right? I would say he's the alpha on this team. It's not like in Golden State where you had to question if it was him or Steph. Uh, I think he was, the, he was the main focus of that team. Does he go to another team like that that maybe has younger superstars and younger talent that needs that last piece of the puzzle? And he carries that team over the hump. He Maybe a, he goes. He is a 2022 player option. So after next year. After next year. Okay. So, so that makes it. That's very possible, that puts man. A lot of pressure on next year. So I, I mean, Kyrie's on the three-year. Uh, usually, it's, um, you know, first year he gets hurt going into the playoffs. Second year he plays in the playoffs. Third year is usually when they, the, uh, it starts to come on. Kyrie route. has a 2022 player option. 2022. So I thought Kevin Durant was a two year because I thought he could opt out after his five, first year playing because he had last year he was going to sit this this year he played and I thought he had an opt out after this season. No, it's 2022. It's 2022. That would make more sense. Um, but hey, man, James Harden 2022 player option. I can't wait for the Nets to just go back to crap. So all, all three of them could walk if they wanted to. All you people that said that the Nets won the trade, the Brooklyn trade, I want to see where you're where you're at in 2022 when you lose another they have playoff. More, they have they literally have one more season to win a championship, and then there's no debate if they won that trade or not. Zero because they got no first round picks. They got nothing. They got nothing for the upcoming years. You guys will have as many championships as we have. You'll have far less conference appearances than we have. And we still have Tatum and Brown to max contracts. And you guys could theoretically have no one again and just be trash. Right. And you're going to be losing. They mortgaged their future for a possible championship window of three to four seasons. And they just burned two to three of them. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, and the one thing I will give the Nets is the NBA is so different than it was even 10 years ago where you have to jump on these quick windows because players are switching teams left and right. There's no loyalty left on both sides. I think the players finally saw, hey, these guys can trade us and get rid of us anytime they want. Let's take some of the power back. And now it's shifted to the other side. So players are only staying. Like, look at KD. How many championships do you think KD could have won in uh, uh, Golden State if he stayed there for the rest of, like, rest of his career? They'd, be, they'd, be a, they'd probably be contending right now. Right. They'd probably be in – They, I'd, I would beg to offer that they would be in the Western Conference Finals because how close were they? they? They were close to beating the Lakers in the playing game. First of all, I don't even think they make it to the playing game. Um, I think they're in the playoffs, period. Uh, but – I think it's a totally different game now, but even after he won, he was there for four years. Now he's in Brooklyn for, you know, three years, four years. Then he's going to go somewhere else. Like it's, it's shift like quick pockets of where people are playing. So it's a different NBA. So I get where the nets are coming from where they say, all right, we got to just go all in on this, try to get a championship and then we'll deal with it in a couple of years when everyone's gone. 
But the problem with that is you got to win because otherwise you look like an idiot when you don't do that. Kind of like the Kawhi trade. He gave uh, uh, the Spurs these assets for Kawhi. You had to win in a year. They did. It ended up working out. So Right. Um, if the, I mean, if the Raptors lose that finals, it's a disaster because you just right. traded DeMar DeRozan, who loved Toronto, for a, yeah. a one-year rental of Kawhi, and then if you don't finish that job, he leaves for L.A., and you are left with nothing. So that was do or die for Toronto, and they cashed on it. So credit to them. But now we're seeing the Nets on the flip side go right. all in on Kyrie and Durant, bring in James Harden, go all in, and they're not winning anything. So yeah, next year is going to be, you know, it's that's a huge it. year for them. You either do it or you don't. Maybe they run it back. They all come back. They somehow sign all three of them, and they just keep going. They could do that. But right now, second-round exit. That's what you got out of Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. That's insane. That's absolutely nuts. What? Let's move on to the next next series. We talked way too long on the Bucks Nets, um, Phillies, Phillies Hawks. Phillies collapse. This is the second best news of the week. Philly completed the collapse of the against the Hawks. Um, they won. That was a great game too. Game seven at, in Philly, uh, Atlanta. What What do you think? I mean. We talked a little bit about it with uh, what's his name Ben Simmons can't shoot and there's not didn't or finish a dunk and, apparently or finish a dunk. Uh, what was like was that? I don't think that was the total reason for their collapse. But what do you think was the main like what factors led into this absolute like uh, like they were they were rolling into last week they blew out the Hawks two games in a row. And it looked like it was all uh, 76ers after that game. And they came back in game one, too. Like, minus, like, the first three quarters uh, or first half. Like, Philly looked good from the second half on from that game one. And then they just fell apart in game four. I think it was game four. Um, I don't know. And then they had that demonstrous collapse in game five. It was just brutal to watch. What do you think? What was your main takeaway from that? Uh, I think it was just a case of, you know, water finding its level. I think the Sixers overachieved this season. They were a good team, but I think, you know, we've seen this before. They have a great regular season, much like the Bucks, and then the playoffs come, and they run into some adversity, and then they fall apart. They did it last season in the bubble against Boston. They were arguably one of the better teams in the league but we just happened to match up with them. We know how to play them and we swept them. So I think it was a matter of they played their game and they blew out the, they blew out the Hawks, but then, you know, the Hawks punch them in the mouth once and all of a sudden the Sixers don't know what they're doing. And Doc Rivers has an insane percentage in uh, these clutch games that I had no idea about. I think he's like Three one, he's like point three one nine in uh, closeout games now, which is insane for a winning percentage. So, I think you know, water found its level. I think you know their luck just ran out, and as we saw, Ben Simmons kind of sucks. So, yeah, I think when you have Trey Young on the other side of the ball, and he's just he wasn't any good either that but, last that last game. He wasn't he didn't play that well either, but he at least found it at the end. Right, of the game. right. But he's you know he's staying in the game. He's giving his team a chance. 
he they wanted it more than the Sixers and the Sixers lost. And that's insane to think about because they put so much effort into this process into Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris, they traded for Jimmy Butler, you know, the Markel Fultz thing falls apart and it's it's crazy to think that they they too like the Nets had this grand plan to take over the league with this huge window and they missed it. It's over. It's dead. You want to see, you know, a team that I would trust the process with, which, I mean, I guess you could say like, if he doesn't, if this free agent doesn't come there, this trade doesn't happen. They're not where they're at. The Suns, the Suns kind of built through the draft. They got Deandre Ayton. They got Devin Booker and that kid. um, What's that kid? Bridges. I think Bridges. Yeah, I think they drafted him too. And then they get that free agent. The thing the 76ers didn't do is they never got, I guess they got Jimmy Butler and they let him go when they got Tobias Harris, but they never got that one guy to kind of pull it all together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem with the 76ers. The Suns did that. They saw, all right, what do we need? We need a veteran guy that's going to score, but also going to pull everything together and make us better. And that was CP3. And that was the final nail in the coffin of, of, I shouldn't say that, but the final cog in the machine, I guess is a better now uh, metaphor uh, to make this team succeed and look at where they're at now. So I think that's the fault of the, of Philly from here. I don't know where you go. I think you need to re- blow it up and start, try to start again, or at least I'd be shocked if, if they still have Simmons for next year after the yeah. absolute burial they gave him over the weekend that I couldn't believe that. Yeah, they they I think also Ben Simmons needs to find another home because like I said, I think he would thrive in Boston for the simple fact he doesn't need to score. He doesn't need to score points. He needs to go to a place where there's he's the third guy on this team and he can play point guard and just set up everyone else. Right. Maybe he goes to New Orleans, maybe he and he can just pass to Ingram and because uh, I don't think they want Lonzo anymore. So maybe he goes and just passes to Zion and Ingram all day. I can see that. Uh, I could see him going to, I don't know where else, man. It's tough. Like it's it, it maybe joining forces with someone. Right. I could see a very strong possibility of him being a piece in the Dame trade, which wouldn't be beneficial to him, but the 76ers would love that. Adding Damian Lillard. I think you could add a, him in a, some young pieces that really uh, stood out this season for Damian Lillard. So, I think it's a possibility, but you're 100% right. He's being moved. It's time. His time has come. He hasn't developed the jump shot. He's, I think I shoot a better free throw percentage, and he is just Jesus. off. I think I shoot a better three-point percentage, too, and he's just awful. He can't shoot. He hasn't developed a shot, and he owns it. If you heard his press conference after, he's like, you know, it's on me. I can't shoot. I, well, he didn't say I can't shoot, but he's like, I need to get in the gym and work. I need to, you know – work on my three-point game i need to work on my free throw game but the problem i have with that is we've heard that for three years four years five years now so jalen brown came in the league and they said he can't shoot Kawhi came in the league and can't shoot and they all, bo- all both developed great game like great jump shots so i guess we got to finally see if he does it this offseason but i think we'll see if he does it on another team um but that, yeah, I, that's pretty embarrassing. And the Hawks, man, I, I'm all about the Hawks. I hope they make the finals. I really do. I hope they beat the Bucs. Um, 
they got that scrub named Giannis on the other side. So I think they're going to, I think they're going to, I hope they beat the, beat the Bucks going. I would like to see the Hawks Suns in the finals. That would be a crazy final. That, that would be a great final. Um, moving on. Oh, I just, my screen froze. Um, we got, we said uh, jazz lost to the Clippers in six. Um, same old jazz. They have a great regular season and then we think this is going to be the year and then they lose. Um, I hope they can add another piece to yeah, that they, team. See, that seemed to be the problem is that they need, they need that one more piece to really compliment Mitchell. Yeah. And maybe, uh, again, maybe it's, maybe you go after Beal or Dame. I think those should be two that guys be that they huge. go after. That'd be crazy. Cause they get enough. I think they get enough on that team that they can part ways with and also keep what they like their core, most of I mean, their core intact. Two, two six man of the year finalists. You, they can just right. take their pick. Yeah. I think they could get away with in like Jordan. Um, what's his name? Uh, Clarkson. Clarkson. He's young. He's, he's, I think he's a guy that could potentially be like an up and coming guy that could develop into a main score on a team. Cause he's just a good, he's a good score. Um, I'm not saying he will, but he has a potential to do. So maybe they take a chance on Jordan Clarkson, some first round picks and, you know, try to rebuild that way. Uh, but I don't know. I think, I think they need to make a move for one of these two guys. Cause that's, what's keeping them from going any further. In the playoffs. Um, but Clippers somehow survive after losing the first two games again, and they moved on. Um, and this, they actually lost to the uh, Suns with no CP3, who's on uh, COVID protocol, I think, uh, in game one. So Suns are up one nothing in the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers. And Book had an unreal game one. He became the second Suns player in a playoff game to have 40, 10, and something like a triple-double, 40-point triple-double or something like that behind Charles. Um you know, it, the only thing that makes me nervous about the Suns is the Clippers lost the first two in the last two matches and then ended up coming back to win the fi- uh, the series. So um, you can't you can't count them out. I think you can't count the Clippers out, I mean. I mean, you know, they lost Kawhi, but Paul George without Kawhi can kind of, like, take more liberties that I think he's used. Like, he, he doesn't have to shy away from shooting, which is a positive. And the, young, the other guys on the team are really stepping up without – uh, Kawhi. So, um, we'll have to see. I, I'm still I do hope Kawhi and CP3 get back for this series because I do want to see both teams at full blast. Yeah, it it, it kind of stinks to see them. I mean, like you said, welcome to the NBA this right, year. It's right, like everyone's right. getting hurt, but you're right. I would like to see those two teams with those two guys playing. Mm. Um, but that's where we stand. We got Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals. I think today. Is it tonight or tomorrow? I think it's probably tomorrow. Um, when It's Wednesday. Wow, geez. Really putting it off, huh? Game one I'm against the... Coming off of game seven, so... That's true. Give them a couple days. Give them an extra day, I guess. But um, they're going They're going to have game one on Wednesday, so the episode probably will come out on Wednesday. So game one comes out tonight, if you're listening on Wednesday. And then we'll already have... I think game two is tomorrow for the yes. uh, Western Conference Finals. Alrighty, so we're gonna move on to staying in the NBA. Uh, we, there's a lot of coaching vacancies open. Um, we just had another one 
uh, with the Mavs. Uh, Portland is heating up. So we'll have, we have a couple teams that we have picked out. Uh, we'll go back and forth who we think are going to be taking the, who they're going to be hired for the head coaching position. Uh, so we'll start with the magic in uh, the Eastern conference. Danny football, who do you predict to be the next head coach of the Matt uh, Orlando magic? I'm going to go Jason kid only because I think the magic don't care. And I think Jason kid needs an opportunity to really reset his career. Um, so I feel like it's just a kind of a dumping ground. If he excels there, he can always go somewhere bigger and better. Um, and if he fails, then he just failed for the magic and he'll get another job somewhere else. But I think the magic want to make a big splash. Jason kid has the kind of sexy name they may be looking for. So I'm going to go with J kid. <laughs> I like how you, what, what was that last thing you said about his name? Like a sexy hire. <laughs> I've, I've never heard that about Jason Kidd's name. He's, I, like, I like that. You know what? It's funny. I'm going to agree with you, Danny Football, and for some of the same reasons that you said, but mainly I think Jason Kidd is a perfect scapegoat for that team. Yeah. Um, they're going to be terrible the next few years, so they can just have Jason Kidd t- um, wear it and take the punches for the two bad seasons, and then – they'll fire him in another couple of years and hire someone when hopefully maybe they, you know, do some drafts or the whole thing gets blown up again. So we'll see. I think, I think you're right. I think Jason kid's a perfect guy. I mean, he's looking for another opportunity and I think that's a good spot for him. Looking at uh, the wizards. Uh, I got, who did I have for the Wizards? Uh, I'm pulling up my notes. Sorry. I just got disappeared. Who do you have for the Wizards? Wizards, I'm going to go with Sam Cassell. Um, I think he's a good kind of like like Jason Kidd. He's a former player, but he's been in this coaching system for a long time. He's been te- learning under different coaches. He's been playing the game. I like that idea of like a I don't I mean hopefully John Wall's still there I don't know if they'll ship him out but um no I meant Bradley Beal whoops but Bradley Beal's still there hopefully unless he gets traded but I like the idea of Bradley Beal having a former player knowing exactly what how he feels the locker room maybe Sam Cassell is able to change the culture down there um they obviously need to bring in pieces to help him out but I like the idea of Sam Cassell coming in. He's, he was a rough and tough guy. Bradley Beal can definitely relate with him. And I think if Washington was smart, they use that as kind of leverage to try to keep him. But again, I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, if they, I think if they want to appeal to Beal, they'll bring in Sam Cassell. I like the Sam Cassell um, signing. And actually, that's who I – because I really wanted Sam Cassell for the Celtics – but it's not looking like that's going to happen. So, interesting enough, the reason I went with Sam Cassell is because he has experience with, with the Wizards organization. Um, he was there in 2012? 20, 2009 to 2014, he was an assistant with the Wizards. Um, 
I can't remember. I know he was play. He was there with John Wall, but was Beal in the league in two thousand two thousand fourteen? He had to be right. Was Beal? I would imagine so. When did he start playing? Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Be there. Be there. If you can find that, what I'm talking. He was, was draft. His first season was 2016. Oh, so he didn't play, but. The organization, anyway, has experience with Sam Cassell. Uh, he's a young guy. He, like you said, relatable. I don't really know if it will help. I think it's kind of too late for like them to say he's saving um, Beal, but there's a very good possibility he can. Um, but I think it's good for all the young guys that are going to come in from that trade from the Bradley Beal to kind of help the rebuild and kind of set a new culture. Um, and he can kind of relate to all the young guys um, moving forward to try to help this team because it was a playoff team. It was a, you know, they did make the eighth seed and they were, you know, kind of rolling at the end of that season. So, you know, maybe bringing Sam Cassell, he helped. He starts, uh, uh, oh my goodness, something just started. This website just started yelling at me. Um the same guy. I was on this website and he kept yelling at me. I don't I don't appreciate it. Golden State. I think it was a Warriors um website. Um but I like you said, I think Sam Cassell helps with going forward in this rebuild process. Um who do we got next? Mavs. Who do you got for the Mavs? Mavs, I'm going with their assistant coach, Jamal Mosley. Um, I think Mark Cuban will probably keep this in-house. I know Rick Carlisle was there for a long time. Obviously, this guy's learned under him for a little bit. Um, and I, I, if it's not Jason Kidd, it's going to be someone in-house. So I'm going to go with Jamal Mosley, just because I put Kidd on the uh, Magic. See, I'm, I'm gonna. It's gonna be our first uh, difference one. I'm gonna go with um, Mike Brown. Oh, all right. Mike Brown. Um, you know, he had success. He's brought teams to the finals. He was on the, um, the doc, uh, not doc, um, the, the, uh, pop, uh, squad. He was on the coach Kobe and Gasol. Um, he was, he's been on the Steve Kerr train, uh, with winning championships. So I think it's about time he gets another chance to the head coaching position. He's a veteran guy. Um, you know, I think it's smart to go with an in-house guy with the Mavs, but I think they're not, they just keep losing. So I think they kind of want to shake up without doing a shake up. They already got rid of their, um, their GM or president, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, I think they're going to bring in someone new. So I'm going with Mike Brown. I think it would be a smart call for them to bring in, uh, a veteran guy to kind of help with leading forward with. Um, Luca. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, Portland. Portland. I'm gonna go Becky Hammond. Um, she got her. She's gonna have her second interview, and I'm gonna lean more towards her because I think the other candidate, Chauncey Billups, is gonna go to another team uh, later on on our list. So, I'm gonna roll with Becky, first woman head coach in the NBA. Head coach in the NBA. Um, definitely deserves it. She's put in a lot of great work down in San Antonio. Um. I can only hope she'll be able to work with uh, Dame and um, – why am I blanking on the other name? 
McCollum. Uh, McCollum. I can only hope they're still there for her to be able to work with them, see where she, see what she can do with that roster. But uh, I'm going to go with Becky for that one. Um, I just want to double check because we actually um, found this out. Who was the three that got a second interview? I just want to make sure I'm not on, on the right Chauncey track. Her got second interviews with Portland. All right, my pick is maybe not going to make sense. Um, here's my battle. This is where I this is where I was between two names, and I guess I now I'm kind of forced into picking a name. Um, but here's my battle with this. I I was gonna say uh, Amin Udok. I forget how to say his name, but he was um he was uh. The guy, the assistant for the 76ers. Here's, but I didn't know he didn't get a second interview. I, I forgot who got a second interview with the Portland Trailblazers. So I guess it makes me think Becky Hammond because they're not going to sign. I was between Becky Hammond and that guy from the 76ers. The reason I lean away from Becky is I don't know if she's going to get a job. I don't think she's going to take a job, I think is the better way for this go around. Cause I don't know if the Celtics are going to hire her. I think there's another guy on this list that I had in mind that I think we both may have for the Celtics. Um, and I don't think when you're looking at it, I think it's p- pretty clear that Becky's going to be the, could be the heir to uh, pop in the next few years. Is that fair? You would say? No, that's definitely fair. Um, and when looking at it, if I'm choosing, if I'm Becky and I'm looking at going to the Celtics or the pop, I'm like, well, I got two young superstars that I can work with and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I'm going to be set up for success. I'm in a historic franchise anyway. So that's where I would say like, all right, if they offer the job, she's hundred percent taking it. But if you're between Portland and staying with the Spurs, I don't know where I go. Cause they're mo- trying to move Dame They're you know, this, but you know what? I'm going to jump on Becky Hammond, uh, the Becky Hammond bandwagon for Portland. Um, even though my pick, I'm going to have to move my guy somewhere else because I think he's going to go. Um, he's going to, I think he deserves a job. He's done a lot in the league. So I'm going to go Becky Hammond in Portland. I think she gets a second interview. Pacers? Pacers, I am going with. This is going to be a complete uh, shuffle of my 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 main picks here. Um, this this thing keeps yelling at me, and I'm going to throw this through a gosh darn window. I'm starting to, I'm starting to lose it. I'm starting to lose it. Uh, I don't. I, I'm totally thrown off now because now I want to move my. I don't know where I'm going to move him into. I'm trying to pick where I'm going to throw um, the 76ers. Uh, just go, and then I'll I'll fill in. Pacers. I'm going to go Rick Carlisle. Um, oh, I like that. I think they've already tried the first-time coach, and that clearly blew up in their face. Uh, arguably, they should have st- stuck with Mullins, but they didn't. 
Um, so they already tried the first time coach blew up in their face. I wouldn't be shocked if they go with a more established guy, um, try and really reset what they reset the damage they've done. So I think Rick Carlisle, you know, he wanted to change the scenery from Dallas. So, you know, new opportunity in Indiana. They have some players that they can, you know, move around. They have some options. So I'm going to roll with Rick for uh, Indy. I'm going to call, we'll go with another coach that just got fired. Actually, I'm going to go with uh, Scott's Terry Scott's uh, just left Portland. Uh, had a winning record in Portland. Uh, he was the second, uh, I think he had the second most wins or he's top t- towards the top in Portland. He was in there for a while. He's almost there a decade, I think 10, 10 years or so. Um, he's from the area. He has connections with a lot of the people on the team. Uh, the, like you said, I think Indiana is at a point where they need a guy that has experience. I don't think they're going to take a chance on a first year head coach or an assistant guy. Um, so I think they're going to go with an experienced coach. Uh, so I'm going to go with Terry Scott's. I think he's going to just jump back on the, uh, back on the horse and get another job. I like that. I like that pick. Uh, who do we got next? Pelicans. Pelicans. Who do you got for the Pelicans? Pelicans. I'm going to go with another, uh, move another coach that's moving on. I'm going to go with Scott Brooks. Ooh. Oh, whoa. What's going I think on? The, here? Uh, I think the Pelicans need a more, I don't, I don't want to say established coach because Steve Van Gundy was established, but I didn't think that he was such a great coach that he deserved that job. But yeah, um, I'm going to go with Scott Brooks because he's, you know, he's had a winning track, track record in OKC. He had a good run with the Wizards. It's not like he left because he had a bad time there or a started losing there they literally just didn't come to an agreement and they let him go um so i think scott brooks is still a good coach he's coached Kyrie, he's coached russell westbrook he's coached john wall he's coached bradley beal so he knows how to deal with these superstar players and i think he will be a good fit for zion um and whoever they can bring in because this kid needs help um so i like scott brooks down in new orleans young team he knows how to work with young guys again he knows how to work with superstars so um, I like I like the pairing of Scott Brooks with Zion, and again they need to bring in more guys, but I think he can handle it. I like it. I like it. I think for my pick, I'm gonna go with um, with the I can't I can't believe I can't pronounce his name, but the the assistant from the 76ers. Uh, he's he's part of the uh, pop tree. Which anyone that's part of the pop tree, like we said with Becky Hammond, that's pretty has pretty good success. Um, he's also coached for the 76ers for the last few years. Um, he's, I think he's inter- he's had a, like he's been out there. He's interviewed. Um, he joined the Nets this year. He's with he was with the Nets this past year. Um, so I think he's going to try to get out of that dumpster fire, whatever he can. He was interviewed for the a couple jobs that were out there last year. So I think this is the year he finally gets it. He's been in the league for a while, um, almost 10 years with, of experience. So I'm going to go with him. Uh, Ami Iduka. Do you know how to say his name? I don't. But you know what I'm talking about, right? I do, yeah. I do, I do, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to go with him. And I think we both agree. If I can't have Sam Cassell, I mean, if I, yeah, if I can't have Sam Cassell as our next head coach of the Boston Celtics, I'm going with Chauncey Billups. 
Uh, I'm also riding with Chauncey. I, I want, I've said it. I want a, um, a young guy to come in. He has experience. He uh, has, you know, he can connect to Jason and Jalen. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. He has ties with the Celtics. I, I mean, we've been over this. 1997 third overall pick. Um, so I'm going with Chauncey. I think Danny football, you said John Chauncey, yeah, same him, reason. Bring him home. Bring him home. Bring him home. And I think he'll do, I think you'd have some success here. I really I do. Yeah. I mean, he's, he seems based on his playing career, he seems like he's a good locker room guy. So I, I would like to be able to see what he can do with Jalen and um, Tatum. And then, like we said, you add Al to the mix. You have young guys like Rob and Moses Brown who are already bought into what their roles are. So I think Chauncey would be a good fit. Um, and I, I, I hope that's the higher, but again, we're going to have to see yeah. what happens. So moving on, um, that, that was uh, NBA, big NBA day. We didn't think NBA was going to be that big today, but it did. It was a, a lot happened, I guess, in this week of the NBA. Um, so we're going to move on, finish it off with picks of the week. So for picks of the week, uh, like we said, we pick a game every week. Um, we're sticking with the NBA. Danny football's kicking my behind this season in the NBA. Um, so I'm going to let him make his first pick, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm going to come out of the gates and say Bucks over Hawks in game one. Um, I mean, the two-headed monster of Chris Middleton and Giannis is just going to be too much for the Hawks to overcome. And I think they set the tone. And Milwaukee, I, I think they're going to – I don't want to say they're going to roll, but I think this is going to be Bucks and six. Yeah, it, it, it really comes down to – I mean, the thing that I think the, gives the Hawks a chance against the Bucks is they do got some good bigs and they do got some size true, uh, true. with Capella with Col- and Collins. So – uh, and they're quick and athletic too. That's that's key. It's not like big guys that can't move like those guys. And they just they just had Joel Embiid and they took care of him. So uh, uh, let's see if they can take care of the Bucks. The Bucks are a strong team. I think they should be heavily favored to go into this. So I like that pick. Uh, and they're home too, which is huge. Um, I'm gonna go with. I mean, I can't believe it. I have to say this because. I had to convince Danny football to get on this winning team. So um, he was totally against them the entire season preseason. He said they were terrible. They'll never be good. Uh, I'm going with the Suns. Danny football hated the Suns. I don't know why he finally is coming around and saying that they, uh, they're a championship caliber team, but I'm going to go with the Suns in game. What's the game around there? Game three. Three. Game two? Oh, I like game two better. Can I go game two? It's tomorrow. Is that allowed? You can do. I mean, you can do whatever you want. It's your. It's your show. That's true. That's true. That's true. I just want to play by the rules, though. No, you're I good. Wanna, you might as well. I, yeah, just you can go. Game I'm one going game two. two. The reason I don't like game three is because for some reason the Clippers love game three, so I don't want to. I don't want to touch game three. I don't. I don't want to get. A, I don't want to get near it. So, uh, I'm gonna go Suns in game two. Let's ride. Go up two zero. 
Um, then the Clippers will probably come back and make the series <laughs> interesting, and then we'll have a nice, uh, entertaining series down the stretch. Uh, so I'm going Suns. Nice. I'm glad Danny Football is finally jumping onto the Suns bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, it, it took you, him a while. You saw this coming from a mile away after the CB3 trade, and it was just—it's <laughs> been easy to just ride the coattails after that great that uh, that great take. It, it was it was. One of the best takes I think the show has seen. I think Insane. it's uh, who could have who could have guessed that this Suns team would have been this good. I know. Only I'm glad you finally. I'm glad you finally came around to it. Had to. Uh, had to. Had yeah. You have no choice. They're gonna win. Win it all. Um, Just might. I mean, if you had it, I know we've kind of exhausted the cell, uh, the NBA talk, but if you're gonna win a year, I think this is. I mean, you could say that for all the teams. I mean. The Suns, if the Suns are going to win a year, I mean, you got to beat the Clippers who already aren't as strong as you would think. Like, they're banged up and they've, you know, they've looked bad in a lot of cases. If you just play consistently good, you win that series. And then if you look at the other side, I think the Suns are better than, especially if the Hawks make the finals. I mean, you have a good chance to win. And you can make that argument for all the other teams. I mean, the Bucks. if the Bucks were going to win a year, it's kind of like how we said it about the Celtics last year. If they were going to win any year, this was the year to make it to the finals. Same thing with the Clippers. Like it's, I think it, all these teams are going to be – it's going to be competitive series, and it's going to be a fun finals in Eastern Conference finals and Western Conference finals. I agree. Uh, if, if last season was a here's your best chance to win, this season's a close second. Right. Uh, I'm just going to get these topics ready. Um, moving on um, – we, I will touch on the uh, Red Sox and Moose Sox a little bit. Um, Red Sox are continuing to roll. Uh, we won't, not too much to talk about there. They swept the Braves in two. And then uh, first meeting, I believe, with uh, our good friend, uh, Betty Biceps. On the road, uh, we won one out of three against them. And then we're going to conclude the road trip this week with three against the Rays, and then we come home against the Yankees. So, um you know, you win three out of two on the road trip this week. You know, you keep winning. It's not great, but it's not bad. They did take over first place, and you got a series. Um, you got a series coming up against the. Like I said, they go to uh, the Rays, so you got a series against the Rays, um, which is going to be, you know, huge for them. Um, but we we take over first place even with a three and two record, and hey. Keep socks, keep rolling, baby. Keep rolling. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. I mean, you know, ideally you want to win every series you're in. That's not going to happen. We've been saying it all season. You want to win the series, but there are going to be series where you don't, where you come out with one or you come out with zero. And that just happened to be one of them. We still, we still get first place. And now you get six games against your, you know, your second place and third place um, division rivals. So this is a huge chance to put some distance between us and the Rays and a huge chance to bury the Yankees. If we can sweep both, that's insane. And the division gets flipped on its head. Um, am I going to protect sweeps for both series? No. Um, I do think we can definitely take two out of three against the Rays and we can most certainly do that against the Yankees. And that's, that's still a plus two in our books. So this is going to be big. It's a big test for the, this Red Sox team to see if we can really take control of this division. Because I know the Rays went on a crazy run, but they've come back down to earth. The Yankees are starting to wake up a little bit, but I don't trust them. So 
I'd like to be able to see the uh, Red Sox step on the throat and really put some distance before we get to, like, July. Danny Football, I got a prediction for you. What do we got? Five and one this week. Ooh, okay. We got one mix in a sweep, and we lose one. To, we, who's, who's the one to? I, I don't want to say because I could be wrong. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's the Rays. I think you lose one to the Rays. I think I think they have a very good chance of picking up one. They're okay. they're a very good team. Uh, the they, are, they are. They are. They definitely are. If if you had a, if you asked me, it, hey, we go five and one. Who's the one lost to? I would definitely say the Rays over the yeah. Yankees. Um, and I I'm I'm afraid I don't know if I want to. No, I'm not going to do it this week. Not going to do it this week. We'll save it for another time. I'm ready. I'm. I was ready to play with some house money here. I was ready to play with some house money and try to get back into the, uh, back into the season with uh, picks of the week. But we'll say, you know what? We'll do it. I'm going to do a parlay. Hit the parlay, the parlay button. This is to get back. How many wins will you give me if they go, if they go uh, five, five and one? one? How much is that worth? When does, is the, will both series be over by the next time we record? I believe so. I think that's what I looked at. I just I just posted the games that will be in the next week. Uh, how many games back are you? Three. I'm three games back. I'll give you three games if they go five and one. Three games, so I could technically take the lead. Right. Yes, you can. Oh my goodness gracious, boys! Let's ride. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah the game. Um, the next Monday, or depends on when we record, but. Most likely, the Yankees game. Well, if we record Sunday, then the Yankees game will almost be over. And then, if we, uh, we'll probably record Monday, so it will be definitely over. So, could be a new ball game next week, Danny. Whole football. new ball could game. A whole new ball game. And if you um, lose, I, um, what, what yeah, what do, I, what do I get if you go if it's four and two? I don't know. I don't know what. Nothing happened last time. I don't know what's the what's the uh, what's the stakes. I get three wins. You got three wins. You don't need three wins. I get three wins, then I completely bury you. You're down six. <laughs> Are you taking this personal from the uh, NFL deba- uh, loss? That was in- bad. That was just bad. I don't know. We'll come up with something. You want three wins? Why do you want three wins? You don't need three. wins. I'm giving you three wins if you get it. Yeah. Do you think they're gonna go five and one? Mm, I say I'd lean closer to four and two. I think they'll go. Yeah. I think they'll go three two, three two. I'll let you host the show next week. Oh wow! Okay, that's you. You got the whole uh, the whole kit the whole, and boodle. Whole kit and boodle. You 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 do the whole thing. All right, let's ride. All right, let's go. Soccer. It's not really. It's not really a great trade. I mean, nothing. Nothing happens. We don't get anything from the picks of the week winner. So, I guess you could have three wins, but. It's more pride, Daddy Football. I have a lot of pride in in the picks of the week. I, it, it's really killing me to be down three three games with only I think probably a week or two left. Two weeks left. Three weeks left. Probably three weeks left. Um, but let's get to the. I mean, we talked about the Red Sox enough. I think this. I think the main main prize of this is your friends down in Worcester, over in Worcester, the Woo Sox at a big game on Sunday. You were at Durant. Is that the first walk-off that in the first uh, walk-off Polar Park? In Polar Park history. I've You're just for, adding to the I've checklist there, for, there. I've been there for the first Grand Slam and the first walk-off. It's insane. Um, 
Dude, don't let the Woo Sox get hot because, I mean, they've won 12 of their last 13. They only lost one on the homestand. They swept the Mets last week. They're going to Rochester for a six-game road stand this week. You know, 6-3 win on Saturday. Walk-off yesterday. Polar Park was an electric factory for the bottom of the 10th walk-off with Jerry and Duran three-run bomb to left field. We got Chris Sale, Tanner Houck's back. He, th- he tossed three innings the other day. He looked good. So, I Tanner yeah, good. Tanner Helk looked good. So I mean, we got Helk back. We got Dar- Duran's on full blast. We're gonna get Miesa back when he's done with his Olympic qualifier games. Um, Duran's still here for some reason. The Boston doesn't call him up. Um, Sale's gonna get a, maybe one or two rehab starts, probably one. Probably but, uh, one. Things are coming up. Woo Sox right now, man. Our team's loaded. Pitching is hitting on all cylinders. We didn't even have a starter yesterday, and we only gave up two runs. So this team's firing on all cylinders. I love it. Pitching, defense, batting. We got it all. Go Woo Sox. Let's go, baby. In Bloom, we trust, but – In Bloom, we trust. He's completely rebuilt this franchise. When <laughs> – forget about the Red – I'm not even talking about the Red Sox. I'm right, just right, about, right. Um, but at some point, when are we going to call up Duran? Uh, He's getting ridiculous, dude. Like, we talked about sending uh, Franchi down to get confidence, and boy, is that working. Mm. I mean, I don't think this kid's confidence could be any higher. I know. I know at one point it was about the Team USA stuff, but if you look at the Red Sox needs, they need an outfielder who can bat leadoff, and Duran's batting leadoff down here in Worcester. So he can, that's two holes he can plug for you immediately. I don't know what they're waiting for. I don't know if it's something where if they only call him up after a certain date, they, don't, they get more control over him. I haven't looked into the specifics of that. But, I mean, Jesus, man, this kid's – I think he has 12 home runs. He's top five in all of minor, all of the minor leagues in home runs. Um, he's batting, I want to say, 285, so he has a good average too. Um, and the dude just plays with emotion. If, if you look up the video of him hitting the walk-off, it's very similar to uh, Mookie's Grand Slam to, a couple years ago where he turns to the dugout and gets hyped. This dude loves playing with these guys. He loves playing for this uniform. I'm shocked he's not in Boston. He's electric. He's electric. He is. He is. And that's, he's, very, he's very much like Verdugo, and I would take 10 Verdugos on my team. So I, I, yeah. I can't say enough about this guy. He should, be, he should be playing for the Red Sox. Yeah. It can definitely do a lot better than – I mean, I love Kike but he would be a much yeah, better asset at leadoff. It's, it's just, becoming apparent that that's not working out. Right. At and the leadoff position. At the leadoff position. Put him down in the lineup if you want, but right. he's got to get out of there. And you're right. Duran's going to be a nice – I think he'll be a nice leadoff player. He's a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else he has to do because he's – I, like, I don't pretty, know what else he can do. I mean, the dude's home runs. He was a uh, – was it a triple short of the cycle? I think it was a, he was like a triple short of the cycle. He plays with heart. He plays with speed. He's like, I don't know what more you could ask of a guy who's destroying AAA competition. He's clearly too good for AAA. Yeah. He needs to be, he needs to get some sort of sniff at the major league level, see what he can do there. If he goes up to Boston and he can't hang, he can't hang. But right now he is destroying these pitchers. Maybe it's because he just wants to play for Worcester. He just feels the electric factory. Hey, man, it's I like, get you know it. what? I, I get it. Polar Park, it's a beautiful field. The fans are great. Maybe he just wants to play for the 508, and that's it. He doesn't want to go up to the 617. It's fine. It's 
I get um, it. It may also be with like you. The Red Sox don't want to waste an option year. That's what I'm. And now that's that's like why they didn't call Bobby up two years ago mm-hmm. uh, when they did September call ups. So maybe they're trying to wait it out so he plays the entire season in Boston and you have that extra control for option years. That, that's, uh, I would understand if that's the case, but if, if it isn't, it's insane that he isn't up there. I'll, yeah. I'll close the uh, Woo Sox talk. I know I just spoke how high, highly of Duran. Um, Michael Chavis, man, he is suffering right now. He had a couple good home runs um, against Syracuse, but this homestand, man, was brutal for Chavis. Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Yeah. A little rough streak. Don't, it's all right. I, you know, we all go through our slumps. Yeah. Hey, talk about a guy getting out of a slump. A little Kyle Hart getting a W the other Dude, day. Dude, Kyle Hart. I mean, you I've trashed been giving, him. I've been giving ago, you, I, I trashed him. He put in a good performance on Saturday. I got to give him a lot of credit. He's he's uh, he's someone to look out. He's still someone to look out for. I I was a little disappointed he had that rough stretch, but definitely keep an eye on him because I know we need arms. But maybe with Tanner Houck back, that kind of resets the rotation and he's able to get his stuff going. Yeah. Uh, but. Great things from both our clubs. Uh, Woo Sox keep rolling, and the Red Sox are kind of finding their groove after a couple tough weeks. Gotta love it. Uh, We're going to move on to our final segment of the night. We're going to go to the People's Topic. It's the People's Topic, baby! People's Topic. So for People's Topic, you can write on our Instagram and Twitter, at Big Red Zone. Uh, we take questions, comments, whatever you got for us each week. I'm just pulling it up right now. We got some good stuff here. Um, this comes from a good friend of mine, Ben. He said, Maine Celtics. Oh, Jesus. Is that Ben Rappaport? Yeah. I, I know. I, did, did he, is that all he said? That's all he said. Okay, because I know I know Ben is Mr. Maine, so I don't know if he's all for it or all against it. I want to say fuck the Maine Celtics. The Maine Red Claws was a far superior name. I I am I hate that they changed the name. I hate it. That's all I'm going to say on it. I hate it. I'm I'm going to be honest. I didn't hear this. I hate it too. The Red they, Claws they were the Red Claws to the Maine Celtics. Why? I wish I could just tell you. rebranding. They completely rebranded the team. That's it's crazy. It's disappointing. It sucks. I it's hate it. Awful. I'm, I'm, I got to be I honest can, with you. I can only I, hope Ben agrees with me. I hope Ben's not all in on this. Yeah. I'm, I'm very disappointed with this decision. This is very, uh, I hope the rest of these people's topics, um, hold on. He just answered. Let's see if he's for it. Are you for it? Live reactions from Ben Rappaport. Shout out Brett, uh, Ben Rappaport on the show. Our main I correspondent. Not, I hope he's not for it. Um, let's go to... All right, this is, a, this is an interesting one. I don't know how I feel about this. This comes from a Miss Vicky. She said, um, she wrote in last week, but it was too late. Um, there's a stretch of land in Idaho 
with a legal loophole that could potentially make it possible to get away with murder. What are your thoughts? Is she asking who we would kill? No, she's just asking for our thoughts on this land, I guess. This did is definitely she, a curveball. Did she mean to send this to us? Yeah. Okay. It was specifically asked, does it have to be sports-related? And I said, no, oh, give okay. us anything you so got. So what are our thoughts on a potential kill zone in Idaho? Iowa? Idaho. Idaho. What's my thoughts on a potential kill zone in Idaho? Um, as a fan of all the Purge movies, I think it's it definitely has some potential. Um, if if some people want to get together and you know really get their frustrations out, head on head on up to Idaho, guys, and have have a day. Uh, my reaction is please send me the location of this land so I can note to not go to there. Not just so I, I don't I wanna, find myself wanna, there on I, accident. Yeah, I wanted to avoid. Not that I think. I don't foresee any part of me in my life going to Idaho at any point in my life. But if I am, in case. I, need the, I need the coordinates to this location because I do not want to get involved in anything. I, you know, they could be, have some psychopaths out there. Waiting for you. Yeah. So uh, thank you for this information. Um, I will, I, I'll go on the flip side. Vicky, send me where it is so that if we do, if I experience another heartbreaking Boston sports loss, I can just head there and end it all. Well, let's try to take this into a more positive ending. Let's let's, let's sandwich this one. Uh, wow, that was that was definitely. I gotta have options, man. We, I I know me and Jack threaten to jump off the Zakem Bridge all the time, but we we gotta have options. You know, it's, it's I I'm not saying it's it's not like she's saying that people go there to commit murder. It's well, just it, a they loophole. Could be. They could be. There's a loophole for it's it. There not, for the taking. I don't know, man. This is getting this is turning this episode weird. That definitely. I do appreciate the non-sports questions sometimes, but this is definitely a. Uh, she was definitely swinging for the fences on that one. I yeah, that was that was that was a pretty that was a pretty crazy question or a crazy statement. I guess it wasn't really a question, but uh, <laughs> wow. Let's take it back home with Joseph Sealy. Let's get us get us back. Here he comes. Get us back on track. Um, he says, "What do you think about this stretch of land in Idaho?" No. Um, he says, "Who is a bigger bust, Anthony Bennett or Kwame Brown?" Oof. Tough one. Tough one. Tough one to close out the show with. Um, I have an answer. I just need to check one thing. What's your question? I just need to see where if Anthony Bennett is who I'm thinking of. He's the Cleveland Cavaliers guy from Canada. I'm going to say Anthony Bennett, Bennett because he sucked and the Cavs were able to flip him to the Timberwolves who he also sucked for. So that man was able to fleece not only the Cavs into drafting for him, but he was able to fleece the Cavs into trading him to the Timberwolves who thought they were getting a good player, and he is not a good player. So he's a, he was a bust for two teams. He did put up career highs in Minnesota. And then was promptly sent <laughs> to Toronto. He, uh, he had 5.2 points. Um, Kwame Brown made it. 12 years in the league. Yeah, I like Kwame Brown wasn't as good as he thought like we thought he was going to be, but he still played over 
600 games and started in two on almost 300 games. Like 4,000 points. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Kwame, I think the, I think the like hype around this kid and like the fact that like Michael Jordan drafted him and like, that was the kid he was supposed to be like the next greatest player. And he was just, it wasn't that good or wasn't it like, he was just like a role player, I would say. Uh, I think that's what kind of – I guess you could say that's a bust. Uh, he was a bust, but, like, it Anthony Bennett. Be, Anthony Bennett, man, like, you're a first overall pick, and you don't even last five seasons in the NBA. Yeah. Three I mean, teams, part, that's insane. He played for four teams. I'm four saying three teams, teams in three four te- seasons. Three teams before he got sent to the freaking D-League. Well, didn't he go to Brooklyn? After he went down to the Raptors 905 team. Oh really? So he, he was played, he was he was in the league three years. Gets sent down to the G League, comes back, and then goes back to the G League. He played in Toronto for nineteen games, in not really anything though. He he he. This, wasn't this the kid that got hurt? He just had injury problems too, or am I thinking of someone else? I think he got hurt. I want to say during the Timberwolves years. He played 57 games. The summary of his Wikipedia, he is considered by many basketball fans and analysts to be one of the worst draft busts in NBA history. Yeah, I I think it's – I think think it has to be – Kwame Browns is a former professional basketball player who who spent 12 seasons in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's, it's got it's got to be it's got to be Bennett. It's got to be Anthony Bennett. Played for four different teams in four years. Didn't even play full the f- full seasons. He went to the G League the last couple. Uh, Brown yeah. was Brown at least stayed in the league. Yeah, at least he, he wasn't at least first overall pick good, but he stayed in the league. Right, and I mean, if you look at he even averaged I think one year double digit. I think he averaged ten points one of his years in the NBA, which isn't great, but it's not crazy. Like, it's not like he just terrible. Uh, he got bounced around a lot. You know, it, it, I think he just wasn't as good as you, we thought he was going to be. And also he's like, he's a big guy. Like I, like as much as I love my bigs, like very few of them are like these great. That's why I hate taking a center with the first overall pick. Very few, like really are, in, especially in recent times, I mean, are very like long-lasting players. Fair, no, that's fair. The knees are tough with the big guys. Mm-hmm. Speaking from experience, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think in my opinion, I think we're both on the same wavelength there. I think it's not really close. I think Anthony Bennett was the biggest bus, huge bus. Uh, so reminder, uh, thank you for all the people's topic questions. Reminder, you can uh, write in and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Red Zone. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the like button on this video as well as all the other videos. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review on Apple, uh, iTunes, and tell a friend. That's it for uh, this week's episode of the Big Red Zone. My thanks to Danny Football, as always. Uh, We'll see you next week. Have a great week, everyone.